Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Suns show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us there. Follow us on YouTube. Anywhere you get your podcasts, follow and subscribe. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. If you love June recruiting weekends and hate, well, there's nothing to hate right now. It's beautiful. This is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show. I'm here with my co-host Squid. David is gallivanting around Europe right now, so he'll be gone for next week or so. But we're going to hold it down here. Not too much going on in the world of pit sports uh squid before we get started how you feeling uh it was a long weekend with the back-to-back bucko games back-to-back uh, winners back-to-back winners uh currently playing right now and winning again so it would be great if it was a sweep but it was great weather uh a lot of ic lights consumed per usual i mean how can you not have an ic light in a 85 degree day at pnc park it's been one of the most beautiful weekends we've had in Pittsburgh. I mean, definitely the best weekend of the year so far, weather-wise, and very fitting that it's when we get the football recruits on campus. Uh, always always works out nice when you can time up these June recruiting visits with the best weather we see all year. Don't, don't let like these... This happens most years. I don't know what Narduzzi did to have like the good faith from Mother Nature, but every time the out-of-towners come in, they see Pittsburgh at its very best. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than getting these kids in here in like December. It's cold and Oakland just looks like a sea of gray. So, yeah. Um, and obviously it's working. It, they landed four commits over the weekend. Um, only one name confirmed so far as of this recording. I believe it's Alan Bryant, the safety from St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, anytime you get a guy from St. Thomas Aquinas, I mean, that's one of the most loaded high school programs in the country year in and year out. Uh, down there in Florida. So obviously a big weekend, a bunch of big time guys, big time names, four star guys on campus this weekend. So fingers crossed that some of these guys committing are some of those higher rated players, but good, good opening week. Nonetheless, the, uh, the June recruiting fun is, is in full swing. Yeah. Now comes the annoying part where we have to wait for an unknown amount of time until these kids announce. I don't know. Maybe a few will, make their announcement tweet this week, maybe some two weeks, maybe there'll be a secret forever. But this is the annoying part of just not knowing until we don't know when. Yeah, it's always funny when these kids, like, it's like, oh, this is the silent commit. Everyone's trying to predict, like, wait, is this is this actually who committed on this date? And then everyone tries to piece it together like a puzzle. It's actually kind of fun, but it is also sometimes you're just like, I just want to know. Well, we did get some hints from the emojis, the emojis, we've gotten pretty good at that. My favorite was Narduzzi throwing some shade at Matt Rule at Nebraska with the the yep. X corn plane. Like, your guy isn't visiting anymore because I talked him out of going to some shitty Big Ten school. Yeah, that was a – I feel like that was a bit of a surprise. I feel like a lot of people just figured with that kid, uh, Ingwersen, being from Nebraska, it was going to be tough to – hold on to his commitment and it sure sounds like he's locked in uh, not not going to make the trip down to nebraska for an official visit anymore or at least that's that's the plan right now so yeah great job by narduzzi and staff getting some new commitments and then locking some of these guys in who who already gave their commitment but yes yeah, so panther faithful uh pit twitter 
get on uh, the detective work, crack those emoji codes, check all the recruits' likes, who's liking Narduzzi's tweets, and report back as soon as you have your findings. Yeah, keep us in the loop. Let us know anything you find. Uh, we'll head up the investigation. and We'll go from there. But great, great weekend for the football commitments, but probably even better week for the basketball team uh, in terms of personnel news. We got the the final decision from Blake Henson. He will be coming back next year. There was, I don't think, a lot of doubt around that. I think that was felt like a foregone conclusion. Um but nonetheless, it's good to have that confirmation. Like, yeah, he'll definitely be back. I remember someone mentioned that it was similar to the Justin Champagne. Should he leave? Should he come back? Champagne had a little bit more uh, college experience under his belt. It's a little bit more proven. So when he entered uh, the draft process, they thought there's a chance he would come back, but not really. There's no point of Champagne coming back. He couldn't really boost the stock anymore. It was at an all-time high. Hinson's isn't an all-time high yet. Uh, I think if he comes back, he could really become one of the better players in the country. Uh, so I think it was probably a foreseen conclusion, but there's always some worry whenever your best player is on the fence. Yeah, definitely. I, I saw the same thing with the Champagne and Henson comparisons. I, I think they were pretty different situations. One, Champagne was in a lot of big boards. Like he was mocked to go in the NBA draft, at least in the second round in, a, in most mock drafts. Uh, Henson, I haven't seen him in a single mock draft. So he would have definitely been an undrafted guy trying to make it into someone's summer league team in the camp. Um, also with Champagne, like you said, I don't think there was a ton he could have done to prove himself much more. I mean, after the year he had, it was like all he can really do. If he can come back and show that he's a knockdown shooter, maybe. But there's also the point of like Champagne was 19 and, uh, you know, another year older that hurts you in in the draft process. Whereas Henson, he's already an older guy. Uh, so another year, I don't know how much that really changes, but I agree. I think Blake Henson has a lot to prove. I think he was awesome this year, but if he can slim down, which judging from some social media pictures, it looks like he has lost some weight. He's donated um, his weight to the Diaz Graham twins. Yeah. If we can do a little uh, fat transfer from him to the, the twins, that would be great. Uh, but if he can shed some pounds and make himself more effective off the dribble, just even freeing himself a little bit more off ball coming off a of screen shooting. I mean, he, sh- he's shown he has NBA range. He can shoot the cover off the ball. Um, but th- those are going to be tough shots for him to consistently get at the next level. Uh, if he's, I mean, if he's lacking in that explosiveness and that athleticism and pit fans, I advise you to go back and look at some of his uh, highlights from when he was playing at Ole Miss when he was younger and, it looks like a completely different player, like completely different player. He he could attack the hoop. He had a little bit of bounce on his, on a one dribble pull up. Like he's definitely changed his game a good bit. And I think part of that might be due to, you know, he's just a little heavier than he, his prime playing weight should be. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I think Henson is going to, with a full off season, um, he can get into better shape. He can get onto campus ready to go, ready to hit the ground running. 
And like you said, it's good. I think he can be one of the best players in the country next year. He could be, I mean, he averaged 15 points a game last year, basically off of chucking deep threes. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he bumps that up to like an 18 point per game guy, uh, legitimate first team, all ACC, ACC player of the year level, level guy next season. Yeah. I mean, at the very worst, he was one of the best three point shooters in the country last year. And now if he can come back and score at every level, good luck, everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge news for pit basketball feels like the rosters kind of come into shape. There's still that open scholarship out there. I think everyone's hoping gets used on a veteran guard, but the names we've thrown around, I mean, we've lost out on the Noah Thompson ended up at Georgia, uh, Ray J Dennis going to Baylor, the transfer from Toledo. So I don't really know that there's another guy out there right now. Um, I don't, I don't, and I also don't think it's a super easy sell for a veteran guard to come in because there's a lot of young talent in that backcourt. So guys might be looking at that like, ah, I, I don't really want to have to compete with these young dudes. Yeah, this guy could very well end up being the fourth or fifth, maybe even sixth guy off the bench, depending on who it is. It would probably just be another body. I don't think we're getting another like Dior Johnson or I don't even know who else is on the board that we're looking at at this point, but it's a tough sell and I'm okay with not taking guys to fill the roster. I think having roster flexibility is pretty big. You don't want to take a guy and realize he's not a fit and then you're stuck with them or you have to tell him hit the road. So whatever Capel does, I'll blindly trust. Yeah. And I think Capel's shown that before he's okay. Leaving scholarship spots open. If He's not going to take a body just to take a body. He, he, he'll only take them if he thinks they'll legitimately help the roster. So there might be a guy out there. Maybe Capel has one last trick in his bag, and he can finesse someone who come in here and be a major player next year. Or maybe it's you know a graduate transfer, a guy who played at a lower level who really just wants to test his luck at the ACC, be a eight minutes off the bench type of player, uh, defender. I, I think of a, a CDN Deer type. Maybe a, maybe a Jonathan Milligan type. No, from- not a Jonathan Milligan type. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves sitting in deer. He was like the comparison that gets made to every transfer guard now. So we just need a guy that can go off the bench and like run the offense, make a few shots here and there. Yeah. That's what he was. Uh, unfortunately, he was on one of the worst teams I've ever watched in my life, but could be used at other points. Yeah, for sure. There. He's one of those guys who fell into that era of, yeah, he would have helped the pit team at, at any other time in, yeah. in the history of this program. But, yeah, we'll see how it rounds out. I I do think uh, I'm going to have some severe anxiety if we're going in the next season basically relying on a backcourt of a transfer from Rhode Island and Ishmael Leggett, Dior Johnson, and two true freshmen. Uh, look, it can work out, but – if you look look at the teams who make runs in the NCAA tournament, not many of them are playing a lot of freshman guards. Uh, with Pitt's current situation, they would have two guys a lot of times on the court who are freshman guards. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but, you know, college basketball has been dominated now by veteran teams, especially since COVID with you have these six, fifth, six-year guys. Um, I mean, look at Pitt last year. That's all that we were. I mean, it was 23, 24 year olds running the show. 
So quick stat I got from uh, Twitter here. No team at this year's Final Four, only one team in the last two Final Fours had any true freshman starters. So right now it doesn't look like Pitt's probably going to have any true freshman starting, and we're also comparing it to Final Four teams. But basically the, the idea I'm getting across here is you usually don't win in March with freshman guards. So that's just the only thing. I'm a little concerned. Um, if we're relying on Dior to run the show, I mean, everything else aside, like he was on campus for one week before he got in trouble and had to miss his whole freshman season. Um, but if he can stay, you know, if he can figure things out, he can stay on the floor. He was at one point considered like a top 10 guy in his class. So maybe that's the guy Capel's willing to roll the dice on. But uh, I'm just saying I'm going to I'm going to be a little anxious going into next season if if that's what we're riding with. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like replacing Nelly Cummings and Nike Sabande and Greg Elliott is going to be an easy thing to do. But the guys we have have the potential to be that good, if not better as a group. So I'm going to lean towards the optimistic side and hope that uh, our guys who haven't played college basketball will just be really good at college basketball the first time they play college basketball. Well, hopefully fingers crossed, but Cable Cable's done a great job this offseason putting this roster back together after all the departures. Uh, it's going to be fun, but we've got such a long time until basketball season that I think we can take a deep breath knowing Blake's going to be back and uh, worry about this a little closer to November. Um, but, yeah, great weekend all around for Pitt. No bad news, and no bad news means a win uh, for us Pitt fans. So we've got a – Great interview coming up next, though. Uh, we got to talk to Jake Cradle, Pitt offensive lineman, a local guy, went to Butler High School, and just talked a little bit to him about his career thus far and what his expectations are for this upcoming season. But Jake's great. He's a Pitt guy through and through, so you're all going to want to stick around and listen to that uh, right after this ad. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Today, we welcome to the Loyal Suns show, Jake Cradle, offensive lineman for your Pittsburgh Panthers. Jake, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. So, it's awesome to be on here. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while, so excited to get on the, the podcast. Yeah, no, we we excited to get you on when we got you scheduled. Uh, I know we were all super pumped about it. Uh, before we get into anything about football here, you played some golf today. How's the golf game looking this summer? 
Um, it, it's getting better each round, but it's still not where I want to be. I'm still trying to break 100, which is pretty bad. But uh, I've been, I've been averaging, you know, anywhere around like 101 to 105. But I'll eventually break it here soon. You know, I'm getting closer and closer every time, so it's gonna keep chipping away at it. You're right so there. That's, that's a couple putts here and there. You're right there. Well, that, that's my that's my worst part of my game is I'm I'm playing and I'm like keeping track of my putts and I'm going. You know, I have seven three putts and I'm like. Like, come on, I have like one four putt. I'm like, right there. If I just, you know, shave like seven strokes off right there, if I just, you know, two putt those. But so it's got to keep working on that game. That's for sure. So on to football, some big news today. I'm sure you're well aware now that you're playing West Virginia in Morgantown, prime time, Saturday night, 730. What was your first thoughts of that news breaking today? Um, I'll tell you, I was, I was super excited. You know, getting to play them prime time down there in their stadium is is awesome because we got to play them up here prime time, you know, at Heinz or Akashur as we call it now. But I mean, just being from, you know, Pittsburgh and going to those rivalry games and like watching all those games and like now playing in it down there in prime time on ABC is like just unbelievable. I'm just, you know, super excited to play in there. Hopefully get another dub. I mean, I know we're going to get another dub. We're, we're confident crew and I think we're, you know, better than we were last year. So it's going to be super exciting. Yeah, you're a Butler grad, so you're from the area. I wanted to ask you, did you grow up a Pitt fan? I did. So I was I was going to Pitt games since I think I was six or seven years old. So I probably before I even started playing in the games, I was probably I probably been to, I'd say at least fifty games before I even you know put a uniform on. So it was I love that. It was definitely you know something. Once I got the offer, I kind of you know took some time to like think about it. Like, all right, do I really want to stay home? You know, is there anywhere better I could go and like why? Why should I go anywhere else when I can stay at home? You know, I'd be kicking myself if I wasn't on the championship team in twenty one. You know, I'd be looking back like I should just stayed. So that's why I did stay. I'm like, cause I, I, you know, believed in Coach Andrews, his vision and, and everything he was preaching. And I'm like, you know, why not come join in? You know, chase some championships while we're at it. So that was a big decision to stay home. Obviously, it seems like you don't regret it because you're still here. You had another decision to come back for another year. Uh, play one more season in the blue and gold. Was that another difficult decision, or did you have a feeling you were going to use this last year up? I'd say it really wasn't that difficult. I, you know, I weighed my options, but then the day I knew I was coming back, you know, I, uh, and then having Phil commit to, you know, I think right in December, sometime in there, I was like getting a chance to play with the Whippeal guy that I played against my whole high school career, middle school. You know, I was like, why, why not come back, you know, snap it to that guy and, you know, win some more games and, you know, go for another championship and get another ring here. So I, I kind of knew all along I was coming back. I just, you know, was trying to weigh my options. I'm like, it was definitely pointing towards, you know, coming back and playing another season. So did you play both ways back in high school? Did you ever go head to head on the same field at the same time as Phil? A hundred percent. Yeah, I played both yeah. ways and we would, I mean, and they had a great offensive line. They had like three or four division one kids in that offensive line. So trying to get through them. And if you got to Phil, you know, he's making you miss or, you know, stiff arming you or stuff like that. So it was definitely, definitely hard to get after him. And, but I mean, he was an unbelievable talent. I mean, I remember him just, I, I don't think I ever beat him. I timed him once, I think back in like eighth grade, but I mean, that was back in eighth grade and then got to ninth grade and it was just, it was over ever since then. Did you ever sack him? No, I did not. Never got lost. Not many did. What'd you say? Not many did. No, 100%. He was, you know, he was eluding the pressure. And like I said, he had a bunch of good, good offensive linemen in front of him his whole his whole career. So, yeah, you that's an interesting connection. I didn't even think about it. You guys play in the same conference in high school. So, 
played like you said played him your whole life uh when he committed did you reach out to him right away did you reach out to him before the commit like did you have you been in touch with phil much before before he um, decided to come yeah, to Pitt? a little bit i you know was, had some communication with him but i kind of it was once I, once he committed i think i reached down you know said finally because i mean the first time he uh he entered the portal i hit him up and like hey like come home come home and he didn't, you know, the BC and, you know, had, had a good career there. So then I think, you know, once he committed back home, I was like, all right, like definitely super excited, you know, to be his, his center and, you know, win some games with him. Now, another quarterback that you play with going back a couple of years now, uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, he was one of the first guys to really take advantage of NIL when it came to be back in 2021 with the hog dinners. Um, Tell me about those hog dinners. Like, do you feel like that really helped you guys as a group? Was it more of just like a good little like gesture of Kenny, or like what were those like? Because I know you guys were putting down a whole lot of calories on those uh, Wednesday, Thursday nights, whatever it was. Hundred percent. I mean, that was that was probably one of like the the best things I think Kenny did. Like in NIL was like him, you know, getting us all together for a night and taking us out and you know having the dinner all paid for and stuff and. It was just good to go and like sit around a circle and just talk for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours or however long we were there for. And just like build that chemistry and just being like being friends off the field definitely helped in that championship run. Like knowing that he had our back, we had his back and stuff like that. And I think honestly, I think we're, we're looking forward to that this year. We're going to try to get that back. So that's going to be hopefully the Oaklander, you know, helps us out and gets all the hogs and the, the quarterbacks together and has another like another run at it like we did in 21 but i mean it i mean those those meals were just the food was good you know the conversation was good so it was just it was good to have those you know those meals there and definitely looking forward to that hopefully this year what was your go-to what were you ordering um we so we had, had a big uh i think a new york strip it was huge it was like probably 20 ounces <laughs> we, we were all ordering that we're like man this is the best and they had uh some good potatoes asparagus i mean they they had so much. They one night they brought us out duck, lamb, like Whew. it was unreal. It was like right. almost, like chicken. I mean, you guys are like we're running it up, right? Hundred percent. I mean, because I think we we were ordering like too much one time. So like, all right, we're just gonna make a buffet style. So like they literally just brought like filled the whole table up with stuff, and we we're just picking at everything. So it was it was a pretty pretty sweet. Any predictions on who's gonna put down the most plates at those hog dinners if they do? Hopefully, come back. Oh man trying to think i would have to say ryan bear probably he can he can put down some food he's, i believe he's it yeah he's definitely our biggest lineman probably you know anywhere from like 340 to 350 dude doesn't even look like he weighs that much he's you know he's a stud yeah that's a big boy right there uh so and then jumping forward to last year um last year was i feel like an interesting season coming off the acc championship um, you guys started the season four and four, which I feel like, given the preseason expectations, probably not where a lot of people thought Pitt was going to be. But then you finished the season on a five-game winning streak. Uh, was there a, like one moment, like a flip the switch type moment, like someone stood up in the locker room and like gave a speech, or did you guys kind of just keep keep trucking, keep the train rolling, and uh, you you think the success just came from that? Um, you know, I think it was it was the start of November. And uh, Coach Six said something, like, really valuable. He said, you know, there's, you know, pretenders or, there's cont- or contenders. There's, and um, so we we got, like, circled November games. We're like, look, let's go 4-0 November. 
and we, you know, cross them off one by one, you know, one and oh, two and oh, three and oh, four and oh. And you get, you know, got to our bowl game, which we're eight and four, and it's like, let's go win the last game, you know, let's go, let's go cap the season off, you know, on a high mark, nine and four going into the next season, you know. Thank, thank God we had Patty back there and he, you know, had the game of his life. I mean, just the dude balled. He was, he was unreal. I mean, making plays left and right that, you know, that two minute drill at the end of the game with, you know, 30 some seconds left. Just unreal. Dude stepped up, made plays, and, you know, brought us brought us a great game and a great win and, you know, kind of, you know, propelled us into this season, you know, because you always hate to end a season on a loss. You know, that's, that's all you hear is about that loss, that loss. And it was good to, you know, win the last five games and, you know, keep that going into 2023. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that legendary performance from your former roommate, Nick Patty. I, I know the week before that game, we had him on and he said, this is my last game. I'm going out guns ablaze and emptying the chamber. All I got. And he did exactly that. I'm sure as a guy who's lived with him for a few years, you saw that coming. hundred percent. I, I mean, I, I'm the biggest Nick Patty fan. I was the biggest Nick Patty fan, you know, like, I mean, he was, I mean, Kenny was awesome, and he, he, you know, he helped Kenny out. He was, you know, a great backup to Kenny. And then once Kenny left, I was like, that was my guy. You know, I was hoping, you know, Nick would have got the reins and, you know, led the team. But, you know, it wasn't the case. But, I mean, he was just the same guy day in and day out. You know, whenever his number was called, he stepped up, delivered, made plays, you know, led led the team. I mean, even even in the backup last year, he, you know, helped lead us and, you know, helped Keaton on the sideline and the other quarterbacks that ever got a chance and. You know, it just it shows a lot about his character and who he is as a guy, you know, just whenever his number is called, just makes plays. So, I mean, I was super excited to see that. And, you know, now he's, you know, just kind of enjoying, enjoying the after football life, you know, finish up his school and going to work here soon. So when, when he led that game winning drive and when that field goal went through the uprights, did you did you guys have a conversation or like what like what was it that I'm sure you were just as excited he's as he was about it 100 i was like i just told him i loved him like dude you're, you're the man like this is sweet like i just you know you just you like we knew we were gonna go out there and win the game i just didn't know how we were gonna do it and it was just like seeing that you know ben in that long on a 52 53 yard you know field goal was just unbelievable and then kind of i mean i looked at him before the before the two minute drill and i'm like look just go out and just play like we got you and he's like all right we're gonna go down there and you know, get some points, like, perfect. And what do I know? You know, he goes on there and drives us down there, and that's exactly what we did. Now, you've played a ton of football, Pitt. We already talked about you made the decision to come back. Um, 38 starts so far in your career. Um, is there anything, like, over the time that you spent at Pitt where was – I mean, have you ever wavered on, like, I wanted to be here, I wanted to be a part of what Pitt's building? hundred percent. I've been bought in since the day I stepped on campus. You know, this is, this is home. And it was like, I was just like, if I'm going to be here, I'm, I'm buying all in. doesn't matter if I'm playing, not playing hurt. Like this is, you know, the hometown school, you know, I just ultimately like, I, I want to leave this place better than I found it. I want to win another championship. That's my goal is win another ACC championship, get in the playoffs and just make havoc, you know, and hopefully win a national title. That's that's my ultimate goal. And, you know, just, I mean, because it hasn't been brought back since, you know, 76, I think, was the last time. So it's like we, we need a national title here. And, like, if I can leave this place better than I found it, I think, you know, that would be, that'd be something I can look back on and be proud of. Well, let's talk about this upcoming season. The prior season, you brought back the whole line. This year, 
slightly different group. How's the line feeling? Uh, how do you feel at your new spot with your new teammates up front? Hundred percent. You know, we that's a question we get getting is like, oh, like everyone laughed and stuff, but like if you truly think about it, like the whole line we had last year is pretty much the same one we're gonna start this year with. You know, like yeah. Carter was hurt last year, Owen was hurt half the year. Marcus was laying with us healthy all year, and Gabe was hurt half the year too. So it's like, you know, Branson Taylor got a valuable experience that's going to help us at left tackle. You know, Ryan Jacoby's got experience at the extra extra tackle, you know, tight end. And uh, Ryan Bear as well got valuable experience last year. And then I'll be back, uh, Blake Z, uh, Big Z, which he's played so many games. I mean, I don't even know how many games he's played, but he's been huge in a lot of games. And Mac is always that started for three years now. So it's – it's a lot of guys coming back with a lot of experience. So, I mean, we just got to, we just got to, you know, be better than we were last year and, you know, just keep chugging along and figure out ways to, you know, open up the run, the run game and, you know, protect Phil. Speaking of the run game, what was it like during that Virginia Tech game watching Izzy run for miles? That was, that was unreal. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a game that Lyman dream of, you know, just, pretty much you're saying, Hey, we're going to run it right here. And you run it right there and they just can't stop it. And you do it. I don't know. We did it 50 sometimes, I think. And, you know, Izzy runs for six touchdowns, 320 yards. And I mean, they just didn't have an answer and we just kept doing it. I mean, the wide zone, the pin pool, the power and stuff, it was just, everything was working on all cylinders. I mean, everyone's on the same page, just making blocks and Izzy was just, I mean, even if we missed a block, Izzy was making a guy miss and, you know, going for 60, you know. So that's one of those games that where you just, you love as an offensive lineman, and I hope we have more the in uh, 2023. Could you tell the Virginia Tech defense was, like, getting demoralized as the game went on? Were they like, oh, man, this sucks? Were you smiling before uh, um, every play, knowing it was going to probably go to the house? Yeah, like, yes and no. I mean, because, like, they – so their offense was keeping them in it a little bit. So, like, they, they always felt like it was a close game, kind of. So, I think they – you know, they had some hope. But it was just once we just kept breaking them down. And I think it was, like, once the fourth quarter is uh, Izzy's long run, that uh, that 80-yard touchdown. That's yeah. when you kind of knew. You kind of felt just the whole – you know, their whole team was deflated, you know. But, I mean, it just it's, – it's hard to break a team down. But, finally, like, in the fourth quarter, usually that's when you do it. If you're just running the ball, running the ball, and – you know, finally, we just – I feel like that's when we broke them in the fourth quarter. Did Izzy buy you lunch or anything, man? I think he owes you. Uh, I mean, not yet, but I'm sure he'll – you know, he'll take care of us sometime, I'm sure, for a New York or something. I think that game made him a little bit of money. Uh, oh, I'd say so. Him. I mean, you're breaking Tony Dorsett's records for touchdowns, yards, and carries probably. I mean, yeah, he, he definitely uh, definitely had a game of his life there, that's for sure. It was funny after he got drafted. If you went on Twitter and just like looked at what the Jets fans were saying, they're like, "How did we get this guy in the fifth round?" Hundred percent. That's what I was saying. I'm like, when I was looking, it was the fourth round. I'm like, "How is Izzy still there?" Like, I I would have thought he would have been, you know, a day two guy, like maybe a third round. I mean, if he slips out third round, I'm thinking like early fourth round. Someone's gonna be like day three, like, "Hey, let's let's climb up and take this guy." But I mean, good good for him for getting drafted. I mean, wish he would have drafted higher, but hey, he'll he'll make a name for himself in the NFL, and that's you know that's what he did here. He came in and worked hard, and just you know found found his way on the field and made plays for us, and ultimately got to where he is now. Well, he's reunited with uh, Carter Warren over in New York, so maybe during that Syracuse game and Yankee Stadium, we can have a reunion and watch the old highlights of uh, breaking Virginia Tech's will. Hundred percent. That that'd be. I didn't even think about that. I totally forgot Carter was there. I mean, 
it's crazy having two of our former teammates there. And I think there's more pick guys. There's probably two more, I think, on there. I think Deslin got picked up there. And, yeah, Deslin. And yeah. I think his Whitehead there, Whitehead too. still, yeah. Jordan yeah. Whitehead's up there. Yeah. That's well. crazy to see, you know, four four pit men there on one team. Yeah, that's awesome to see. And another guy who got drafted this year, who I'm sure you've had had the pleasure or displeasure of going up against quite a bit in your career at Pitt, uh, Kalaja Kansi. What what can you say about competing against a guy like that? And I guess the D line as a general. I don't want to just say it's Kalaja because all of those guys were studs. But if you can speak on him or even that D line group, like the iron sharpens iron type of mentality that you guys would have. Hundred percent. I'd say you know Kalaja was he he made me. A, such a better player just going against him every day in practice you know one-on-ones just you know seeing him get to his second third move like you don't see that in college and he that that just really like it makes us think as linemen like hey how can we you know stop his first move and then his second move and then i mean just by then you know you hope you you know shut him down but he, he made me a better player i know he made our offensive line a better play and, and that's and that's part of like that whole d-line that whole d-line room is unbelievable that's why i, I tell people i say you know, we go in these games and we play the best D-line in the country on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. When we get Saturday, we're not playing the best D-line in the country. Like, we've already played them during the week. So, I mean, it, it the game slows down going against guys like Elijah, you know, Dayon, Hobba, Dez, John Morgan. I mean, Devin Danielson, Tyler Bentley. I can name so many more. I mean, they're just – they're so good. They make us better day in and day out. And it's a blessing to have Coach Partridge here and have all those guys here, that talent, because if we didn't, you know, you'd get to the game and be like, wow, this this game's super fast. But like I said, it just slows down when you have guys like that. They practice against, you know, three or four times a week. Do you have a new rival in practice now? How's that new-looking D-line look? I mean, they're – they're still unbelievable. They're really good. Um, I'm trying to think a new rival. I mean, I'll tell you, Sean Fitzsimmons has really stood out. Ghost, Isaiah Neal is really, you know, he's a true freshman, making plays, you know, working hard. And then you you got the you got the older guys like David Green, Devin Danielson, Tyler Bentley that are always just so consistent inside, you know, always doing their job, making plays. And then, I mean, outside, I mean, Samuel, like I'm – kind of glad i'm not a tackle because that dude is fast coming off the edge he's he's unbelievable he's gonna have a i think a great year you know him and dayon hayes out there and nakai johnson and i mean the list goes on it's, it's just crazy to think how deep they are you know they're yeah they're eight guys deep you know we have two you know i feel like d lines that could start in the acc you know on our team which is it's good i mean it gets us all better in the offensive room and you know, helps us, you know, like I said, I mean, you get the games and it's just, it's slow. Yeah. So it's awesome to have on our side. Yeah. It's pretty impressive what coach Partridge has been able to do with that unit. Um, obviously they consistently, you know, one or two in the country in sacks every year. Uh, and I'm sure playing against a stout O line in practice helps them out a little bit too. Yeah. I'd like to say that. I mean, we've, we definitely have guys that, uh, I mean, we, we all work hard. We're all going for the, you know, same common goal, get to the next level, but ultimately, you know, win championships here in Pittsburgh first. And that's where I think it, it just, you know, you said iron sharpens iron, and that's what we're just working towards every day, making them better and they're making us better. Awesome. Well, definitely looking forward to watching both those groups this year. A little bit of a n- new look on the O-line and D-line, but some fami- familiar faces as well. Uh, can't wait to see you guys compete. But before we let you go, Jake, 
Uh, we do a segment with all of our football guys. It's called All Out Blitz. I don't know how much you'll like that as an O-lineman. Uh, but basically, we're going to ask you rapid-fire questions. You can answer them rapid-fire, or you can elaborate a little bit if there's any type of story behind it. But uh, we'll, we'll pump these out, and we'll let you get out of here. Awesome. All right. First, favorite Oakland establishment? Uh, definitely stacked. Run blocking or pass blocking? Uh, run blocking. What's your favorite coach's quote? It can be Dews, Borbs, whoever. Um, trying to think. Uh, definitely my favorite one is, he says it all the time, to be on time is to be late, to be late is for go- to be forgotten. Who's that? That's Dews? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sounds about right. Who's the biggest trash talker on the team? Uh, Dayon Hayes. I mean, shit, we are – this is a good story. Tuesday, we had competitions. Him and Sammy O were going against each other, and he just wouldn't stop. When he was being Sammy, he was on him left and right, just giving it to him, just letting him know, like, hey, like, you you haven't beat me in the last eight reps. Like, I was, I was like, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was unreal. I mean, it was just – it was great competition, but he was just getting after him. Well, they're roommates, so when they when, when they go home, uh, he has to take that with him. 100%. What's your favorite road game venue? Uh, Tennessee. I, I'd say Tennessee was awesome, you know, beating them down there in that environment. You know, they were 80,000 strong down there, and that stadium was huge. It was just, like, right on top of you. Yeah. And then, um, I'd say Virginia Tech is another good one. That's that's one where that, that environment is unreal. You know, you're walking out, and that stadium's shaking. They're singing Inner Sandman, and it's just like, wow, like this is sweet. Yeah, I'd say those are probably the two we get the most. Uh, Neyland was crazy. I, I wish yeah. you, I wish we played down there again. 100%. Center or guard? Uh, center. That's I, I enjoy center a lot more than I do guard. I mean, just in terms of, you know, making the protection calls, making the run, run IDs and stuff like that. So definitely excited for this year. I mean, but I'll play anywhere. That's where that's why I tell the coaches I'll play guard, center, wherever wherever I'm needed. That's that's what I'll do for the team. What's your best memory at Pitt so far? Uh, best memory I have two. I'd say uh, beating Clemson at home was awesome, and then uh, winning the championship game that was that was unbelievable. That was just you know a great great memory I'll never forget. I was I was hurt that game, which kind of sucked, but just seeing the boys go out there and get it done was you know something that I'll, you know, always cherish and never, never take for granted. Yeah. A lot of great games to pick from. So uh, it's crazy that winning an ACC championship is not the clear cut. Uh, right. I know. I, I wish it was, I'm sure if I was playing in that game, it would be, but the Clemson I'd say is like my second biggest game that I played in. But there've been so many great games in your tenure here at Pitt. hundred percent. I mean, they've been big upsets, accomplishments. Right, you talk about the the pit special. I mean, that was a great game. You know, you, you the games go on. The, you know, the fourth quarter, the two minute drives to win the game. The fourth quarter, but comebacks. Like we've had so many just close games that really you know have meant a lot to the season. I mean, you talk about last year, the last game we played UCLA and oh, yeah. I don't know Paso. Like that, that was an unbelievable game. You know, that's probably one of my top five. You know, but like you said, there's so many to pick from. Yeah, a lot of iconic games during your tenure. Um, you've definitely been a part of 
you know, a building block of, that's really turned this program into the ACC power it is. I'm sure it's surreal growing up, going to pick games, and now being a part of that. Uh, but you got one year left. You got one more chance at it. So we're super excited about what this season brings. I'm sure you are too. And man, we're just can't wait till fall rolls around. So thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Uh, this was great. We'd love to do it again if you're ever interested. And uh, hail to Pitt. Definitely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hail to Pitt. Thank you once again to Jake Cradle for joining us. Uh, he's got me excited about this upcoming season. He is just a pit dude, plain and simple. Like, that's all there is to it. Uh, he's the type of guy who you bring into a program. You you heard what he said about buying in. Um, and you, you, those are the type of guys that Narduzzi, I think, has done a good job of landing. So um, thanks again, Jake. That was awesome. Looking forward to seeing him, his golf game improve, potentially at the Loyal Suns outing. Coming up in July. Um, but with that, we'll let you all enjoy your week. Uh, hopefully, no news breaks immediately after we release this episode, as it seems to happen every week, but more than likely it will. So we'll catch catch back up on it next week. But as always, hail, loyal sons of Pittsburgh.